Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online angel communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. I am here with author Michelle Hoffman. She is the author of Life Worth Living, and I am so, so excited to have her on the show today. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Julie. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm excited about my book today because this is the first print copy I've ever held of my book. And it's like nothing I've ever known before to like, you know how you smell a book? It's really, really exciting. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was under better circumstances though, because the book that you wrote, what came after you lost your husband and after uh, a friend of yours passed away who left his widow behind and you were there to really help and guide her through the process as well. And you know what? It, it doesn't matter if somebody is listening today who hasn't lost a spouse. We are all going to go through loss and big change and you really have found a method for working through bigger life energies, which, hello, we are in the midst of <laughs> right now. We both got our hands on our faces. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very true. When you lose a loved one, your whole world has changed. And it's that's what's actually happening pandemically in the whole world. We've all lost the world as we knew it. And we're, the whole world's going to go through this grief cycle. And at some point, uh, and it's not nearly soon enough, we're going to need to pull life together after this. And it's never going to be the same. Just like losing a loved one 
Um, there's going to be before coronavirus and there's going to be after coronavirus. And it's not going to be the same. So it's really how do, I mean, the start of it is when the pain of the problem is greater than the action required to resolve it, that's when people start to take action. Because you, you're like, I can't live like this anymore. And you don't want to get stuck in grief. You don't want to get stuck in you know, being in a victimized situation where your situation got bigger than you and you're accepting that. So when you're ready, which is not nearly soon enough, to just get a little outside your comfort zone and you want to get your life back, but you can't get it back, it's how do you move forward in a stabilized way with a clear vision aligned with your authentic self so that you then can live life fully. And that's what the book is. It's how do you get, how do you create your own life worth living? That's what it's about. And we each need to do that. We're stuck in our houses right now, every single person. And that's temporary. We will always be in our body and our hearts. And that's where we get to live. I love that. I love that. And that's what we're all doing too. I mean, we're all going to this more inward space right now. As I've been working with my clients, one of the things that has been coming up from spirit is that as we are in our own homes, yes, we're around a couple other people, but the number of people that we're interacting with is so much less. And so we're feeling our own energy more and more and more, some people for the first time. That's very true. That's very true. And it's many of us feel isolated and we have felt isolated all, all along and lonely when when you're with yourself especially or if your world has changed by changing jobs or you know now we're working remotely and i can't wait to well i'm just going to pause here for a second cuz i just wrote a second book <laughs> i know i, I mean the, i've really been taking advantage of this time and i just put it up on amazon it's called new managers blueprint successfully leading people and teams even in a changing world so this is what I was doing professionally before I lost my husband as I was managing people and helping businesses to train their management to stabilize their teams and meet goals and objectives and increase revenue. And now, because I was writing this book while this was all happening, yeah, I was able to include you know, this, these uncertain times in the changing economy and working remotely. And how do you inspire teams who are working remotely in their living rooms Right. which is now the entertainment center. And it's also the homeschool and you're supposed to teach your kids at the same time. And your and husband's because, saying, let's go outside. Cause it's so nice. <laughs> I know. And you're like, how am I supposed to do all of this and meet my professional objectives? Yeah. And it's like, you know, so I'm excited about my new book. I'm looking for businesses to have that I, who I can help. I'm also looking for individuals who are dealing with all this stuff who I can help. And my clients are like, oh my God, your, your hindsight gives me foresight. Yeah. And it's so gratifying because as you were saying, we're making all the decisions now. And as a widow, I you know, was catapulted into head of household and sole parent instead of partnering, making all the decisions. And it's like, wow, it's just me here. And adjusting, you know, I talk about adjusting your relationship with grief as it, 
you know, grief is, grief is an uncomfortable bedfellow and grief prevents you from getting things done and it, things get blurry because your eyes fill with tears and it slams your head against the wall and drops you to the kitchen floor and puts its foot on your neck and prevents you from breathing or seeing your future. And it's like, <gasps> I need to mindfully create the new future. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all need to do. Yeah. All of us. And we need to do that as individuals in ourselves and in our homes and in our families and in our workplaces and in the world. And that's how we're going to move through this. So let's we're talk about your story. You know, as we're we're working through this information, what I find is that when I work with clients who have lost somebody extremely close to them, immediate family members, their husband, their wife, their child. Mm -hmm. There are some clients who are like, okay, this is never going to be the same. My life is never going to be the same, but I am going to move forward because that's what they would want for me. And, And I always tell my clients, I don't think that there is a moving on I don't think that we ever move on. There is a moving forward. However, there are some other clients on the opposite end of the spectrum who I've had women get mad at me in sessions when I'm bringing through messages from their husband say, I am not moving on. You know, like I, and it's not a moving on. It's a, I will not be happy here Mm -hmm. without him. It feels energetically like they're stuck in the mud up to their waist and that they just can't move forward. At some point, I feel like, who am I to talk about some of these things? Because I haven't experienced that part myself. And God willing, I never lose a child. But I've had women say, it feels, Julie, like my heart is outside of my body. My heart is on a string on the floor. And like, I'm just slowly like dragging it along. So tell us about your experience of losing your husband and what that was like for you. And when you do feel all of that heavy emotion, and I think it's a different timeline for every person, but where do you get to that point of, okay, I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to move forward. Right. That's a, those are a lot of questions that you asked in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll take them one by one. <laughs> so the there's bereaved widows and there's relieved widows, for example. I mean, it's, and uh, it's not just widows. In some cases, when we leave an identity of, you know, a workplace, maybe it was a toxic workplace and you were ready to move on and learn about new opportunities and be in a group of people where you can thrive in a different way and you represent something differently. And there are people who weren't in good relationships. And so they say, I'm actually relieved. And it's hard to hear that because it's not my point of reference. So I've opened my eyes in that regard that some people were ready for a change. I'm a bereaved widow in that I really, really had a lovely, wonderful relationship with my late husband. It was a real partnership. And I feel super fortunate to have had that life experience. And I also know how to identify it and guide other people to have that robust life experience where, you know, colors are brighter and things taste 
more delicious and emotions are more vibrant because you're sharing them in this mutually respectful relationship. You maintain your own identity, but there's something greater than the two of you. And that's where you were going with this. When you lose that, you've got this like love that you've developed in like an infinity sign, like a figure eight. I was just talking to a client about this the other day. When that person's no longer there to have physically to exchange that affection and life experience. And I mean, it's super challenging. And my late husband's not here to watch the children as they have these incredible life experiences and accomplishments and that kind of thing. And it's like, oh my God, your father would be so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm going to represent both of us. And it's really, and that's it. So it's like you get this big energy exchange and it's the receptacle, the vessel's not there, especially if someone loses a child. We just think, oh, what now? And I know I have clients who have lost children and they uh, energetically grow with them is how they work with that. And really it's about figuring out what grief holds and what's holding you and why are you holding grief and why are you holding why is it holding you so tightly to the point you were saying about people get stuck in the mud in this sludge mm-hmm. and they don't feel that they're allowed to be happy again this is not your fault it is not your fault mm-hmm. and it's not the children's fault and It's no one's fault. This is how life has always been for living things that are mortal. Go ahead. So I want to ask you, walk us through a situation like that where you had a client stuck in the mud and what is that like for that person? And then how or what are the steps that you use to walk them through to that other side of healing? Oh my God, I have so many good examples. Okay. Um, I have international clients. This is an international client and her uh, late husband passed away. She's got two kids and her husband was really head of household in every way. And now she has to be head of household. And she's like, oh my God. And I think one of the hardest things for her is that he was the alpha in the family and she felt like I brought these two children into the world and I know how to care for them, but I don't know how to get control over them. And so the first thing we did was, you know, figure out, we, I'd go through a confidence assessment with my clients and figure out, you know, where are you at right now? So when you're ready to honor grief and what grief holds for you, because what we do is we figure out what is getting them stuck in that mud that you were saying and figure out what are those treasures? What are you treasuring that if you let it go, then you don't understand what life will be like. What's an example of like those treasures of why they're holding on to that grief? Um, Well, she didn't think she could love again. She didn't think she should love again. Her family didn't think that she should be dating they, her, her kids wouldn't understand if somebody else came into her life. She, I mean, it, it's that person who is bringing home the, the strength is gone and she's holding on to this grief going, well, one fearful of, is she supposed to do that now? And how does she do it? 
I see. And why can't he just come home already? Yeah. Because she's yeah. been dealing this with for long enough. Right. So we figured out, you know, identified what are the things, what are the things that she was treasuring? And then we honor them. And part of that is honoring the love and the relationship she had and all of what his life represented and existed, including the children. Wow, huge impact and contribution to the world. And we talk about what are her goals. You know, has the practical stuff, has she secured her finances? Please make sure your wills are up to date. It's not something you think to do. Update your wills, get the beneficiaries figured out. I do life in reverse. So all of my end of life stuff is figured out so that my kids don't have to do it. Like one little thing to drill down on that is the kids were sleeping with me. I couldn't get them out of my bed. And part of that was good for me and good for them. And this is a common thing. And because they don't want to let go, they've lost a parent. They don't want to lose the next one. And once they knew that I had set things up so that even in the unlikely demise of you know, my demise in the near future, they would be taken care of. And I didn't have to get into specifics with them, but they knew that everything would be cared for. And that helped them release a little bit so that they could eventually, and then I decorated their rooms and made it the way they want, and they went back into their bedrooms. So that's something that people face. But going back to this client with bigger issues, we talked about what is her life going to be? And we, you know, figured out her value system and what her vision and legacy is. We put together letters to the children. And we did this with my late husband. He went through a cancer journey, so we had time. And we, uh, he dictated, and I wrote letters of when you graduate elementary school, when you graduate junior high, high school, when you have a big crush, when your first kiss, oh my God, the first kiss one's so cute and different for each kid. When you're really mad at your mom, when you have had your heart broken, when you can drive a car, different birthdays, they get a letter from their dad. Um, when you've fallen in love and you want to get married on your wedding day, we, you know, we had big life celebrations. I read these letters from him then. Then uh, when you have children and when your mother joins me. So they have these letters to open in their father's voice. And that's a way to create a legacy of love. And I do workshops for people on those. Um, so we did that from her voice. So again, she had something in the unlikely demise, her demise. Then we figured out all of her financial and legal situations. And we worked on her career so that she now has an income. We got together her inspirational advisory board, I call it. And these are the people in your world who there's, there's a couple different types of people, your emotional support people. And I have two kinds, one who will say, oh my God, Julie, you're right. You're always right. The world is wrong and you are right. And they totally just go along and you need those people to just be like, oh my God, thanks for understanding. And then there's the emotional support people who'll be like, yeah, I could see your perspective, but you got to be kidding. You need to consider another way. And they kind of open the doors to other ways to consider things. And we all have people like this, so you know who they are. Then there's the subject matter experts. My late husband was an IT guy, so I relied on him completely for all of my computer needs, and I didn't have to learn that. So, I mean, that's an example of 
you know, a subject matter expert I needed that I had him to rely on before. So in the case of my clients, they find out who it is they need in their lives to fill in the gaps that their late partner previously filled. In the case of the client I'm using as an example, she got, her late husband used to have these incredible conversations at the dinner table that she can't speak to. So she would invite people over for dinner who would talk about those topics that the kids were into that she didn't have any knowledge of. So I call them surrogates. And you find out where might your kids be vulnerable. Like, uh, you know, right now it's totally different because we're all at home, but uh, when we when they were going to school on the bus, there was a vulnerability. Um, in a specific music class, there was a vulnerability. So we have I have games to play with the kids to figure out where those weak points are and to fill in with surrogates along the way. So Ooh, that they yeah, have that. <laughs> the references they need and they have someone to go to in the event that things get a little rough. I got a yeah. question for you there. Yeah. So when it comes to the games that you use to kind of derive and pull that information out of your kids, talk to us about that. I think everybody could use those. Lots of games. All right. I'm so, I mean, it depends on the situation. And sometimes I make up the game on a moment's notice. So for which story do I want to tell you? For that situation, I would play a game I call Freaky Friday. We go through and we talk about if, I, you know, we change places in the Freaky Friday game. Do you know what I'm talking about? So where the kid and the grown up change places. And I go, okay, well, what would, how would your day be if you were me for a day? And it's very interesting because then you get the, their perspective of, oh, well, you just, you're on your computer all day long and you don't have to go anywhere and you play with the dog. And it's like, okay, so this is what you think my life is like. <laughs> okay, that's good. And then I can, you know, adjust their reality. That's <laughs> ingenious. Like, okay, now let's switch it up. So in, one, in another client's example, I'll give you, uh, her son came home and, and called her some names. And she was already feeling, you know, a little weak. And for her son to call her names, and he was, he's like eight years old. So it's like, Ah, And she took it personally and she got upset with him and it created this big havoc. And she said, go out on the porch. (laughs) She just needed a break. She needed the mommy time out, which is totally legit. And I said, well, what did he do when he went out on the porch? And she said, well, he banged on the door and he screamed. And I'm like, okay, this is good. And she's like, what? So I said, okay, let's do the Freaky Friday game. And um, so we are playing this game. And what we learned was there's a group of girls at his school. Again, this happened before we were all homeschooling the world who were teasing him all the time. And this kid is such a great kid. He had tried everything. He had tried staying neutral. He'd done all the things I had suggested his mom give as options. He tried talking with them. He tried talking to the teacher. He tried talking to the principal saying these girls are hurting my feelings all day long. And um, so this was actually, although he couldn't articulate it, what he was doing was he was testing out on his mom what these girls were doing to him because he was wondering, how would my mom handle it? So he practiced on her. She didn't handle it in the most, you know, great role model of ways. 
she sent him out. And I, I reframed that for her saying, well, you needed a timeout. So he's out on the porch and I'm like, this was great. He got his wiggles out. He got his energy out outside of him. He screamed. He got to vocalize. He got the vibrations and he expressed that he wanted to be with you. You know, and she's like, wow, I did not think of it like that. So he was still trying to communicate with her, even though she was taking everything as an assault. And her big message, one of her you know, big accomplishments was she needed my, my coaching and guidance to become alpha over her children because they were like, she felt like they were walking all over her all the time. And this was an example, but really he was trying to say, help me mom. So once she understood the situation, because, you know, it's like, ah, he's, he's looking to you to be a role model. She could then, you know, say, now that I understand, I bet you're feeling like the way you made me feel. And he's like, yeah, now we both know how this feels. So we re, uh, we readjusted the situation and gave both of them tools to show respect and to actually express how they're feeling without getting emotionally involved in it. And when you're totally emotionally involved in that situation, your brain is just flooded and you can't make logical sense of anything. I think the whole world right now is our brains are flooded with emotions in response with fear and with anger. And we, you know, it's really hard to connect with someone and be practical during those kinds of moments. And so I know your next question is, well, what do you do? And what you do is you find a way to engage that left brain, to release that flood of emotions. And it's super simple. You ready? You give them control of anything, anything at all. You give them some control in an out-of-control situation. Something needs to be certain. Something, anything. All you need to do is... Give them an opportunity to say, you know, do you want to sit down or stand up? Do you want to hold this pillow? Do you want to take a walk? Do you want any little thing so that they can then click into a decision-making mode? And that's how to start to open to open them up to logical thinking again. And then they can start making reasonable decisions. But there is no use when someone's flooded with emotions to even try. The first thing you do is ally with them like this mother did with her son to go, wow, I really understand what you're feeling. I really understand now because I was feeling that way too. Mm. And then once this, you know, emotionally flooded person is like, oh, you get me. I mean, you can't, nobody, you can't say, oh, I know what you're going through because nobody can understand any one person's personal experience, but to ally with them, well, that must be really frustrating or wow. I know when I was in that situation, it was hard for me and then give them control of anything, anything at all to try and stabilize them and give them an opportunity to take a breath. Yeah. All of that rebalance so that they can decide I'm ready to move forward. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. And I wonder if that's part of all of this too, is that, I mean, in the bigger sense, of course, we all feel like we've lost control because we have to stay home, but it's the little choices too, right? Of being able to go to Target and just look around and 
you know, go to the deli and say, well, do I want turkey or do I want this? Um, And not feel like, oh my God, I got to get in and out, right? Yeah, there's a lot of loss of control right now. So when we're in our homes and we're in our little micro worlds, um, there's definitely ways to do that. And the the suggestions are to create a schedule. And I mean, if you've got little kids, okay, you create the schedule and whether you follow it or not is totally irrelevant, <laughs> but you created a schedule that gives you the structure and then you have something to rely on. Once you have stability and structure, then you have a strong platform to be creative. But without that structure, then it just feels like chaos. And I'm one of my superpowers is to find focus in chaos, but not everybody's is. So I help give them the structure so that they have something to rely on and to springboard from. Um, and then especially as a parent with kids in the house all day long, having some either intellectual or academic pursuit, and it could be anything. We're going to learn how to clean the toilets today and do the dishes again. Let's make it fun. We're going to add bubbles this time, you know, or whatever it is. Um, but have them engaged in, especially in the, what I call the lost arts of cooking and cleaning and sewing. My daughter's learning to sew right now. Um, and, you know, these are the basic things, the art of communication or playing together. Um, so intellectual and educational pursuit, playtime, downtime, and then some family fun time. And in my house, because I have teenagers, they call it forced family fun. Um, (laughs) And so after dinner, at least we spend some time together. We've done dog trick dance party night, pina colada night, virgin pina coladas, of course. We've done Oh, all the the maze of boxes in our house from Amazon, we created a maze. We also used them and created like a mini golf course. And we used a ball, one of the dog's um, balls. So it created, and a broom as the club. And we had to get, we each designed, you know, hole in one or whatever. And then we went through our mini golf course throughout the whole house. And the dog wanting to get her ball was an extra obstacle. And then the very last hole in mini golf is always really fun because you lose the ball on that one. It's like, ah, but it has to be good, right? Mm -hmm. So the hole in one was like a salami frisbee throw into the dog's mouth. Woo, you got the hole in one. So we do all kinds of fun stuff like that. And there's three main focuses. One would be using big motor skills, so big movements, fine motor skills, which is art and sewing and Legos. Um, and then intellectual and academic pursuits. So we have all these categorizes, and if you round them out, it can be really balanced. Mm, I love that. So I wanna, I, I love all of those things. That's so perfect. And I think that, you know, anybody who's listening can get so much value out of just these different tips and tricks. I wanna bring it full compass to people who have also lost their job at this time. I'm working with clients right now who have lost uh, both people in the family, both breadwinners in the family have lost their income, mom and dad or mom and mom. And that's really hard. It's Um, really hard. Yes. There's so many things that are changing in this world right now. And losing a job means losing your identity and losing your community and losing your routine. 
And I was in a situation once where um, I was asked to transition a company from California to Pennsylvania. And part of that was letting go of my entire team who had built this incredibly robust department, revenue generating department. And so because I've done a lot of change management, there's so many things to do that. I'm, I'm explaining what it is to be on the other side of this. Um, and then we'll go back to, you know, what it is when you lose your job. But it's uh, it's so unbelievable that when I explained to my whole team that I was going to have to let them go, they didn't believe me. It's I mean, they literally didn't believe the story I was telling them. They still got up and got dressed and came to work the next day. And they were like, well, that that applies to other people, not me, because I've worked so hard to create this incredible customer relation oriented department and we're bringing in revenue we're doing so well that how how could i be getting laid off and um so i actually asked the team to stay on while i transitioned the business so they helped me train the new team for what ultimately became zero disruption and service to customers because they're so good at their job and um, then as a recognition for that, I helped them with their resumes and with the recruiters to figure out what was the right next opportunity for them that was going to really make them feel like they were contributing in a positive way to society that then was coming back to them. And this is what's really happening now. Society is changing. So how do you figure out what's my next role? I have to let get, I have to let go of what I used to be and find revenue somewhere else. So to do that, it's really actually a really fun exercise to figure out what do you love. And kind of like what we were talking about about loss, what's missing, it's a little bit different in that what do you love? What do you love doing? What part of creating reports was fun for you? What part of interacting with people was like your greatest joy? And then we do like a scatter graph and figure out the theme through all of that. And then we find opportunities that include all of those skill, those individualized skill sets. Now, the world is changing and we're going to have to keep up. So one thing that I'm talking about with my clients is how do we include all of that to build community online? How do we become available to people and connect in a human way in this two-dimensional conference calling system? And how can we add value and build relationships with teammates and people we work with, even if we've never met them in person? It's totally possible. It's not the same as you know, being able to hug someone and shake hands and make eye contact. I mean, eye contact is a whole new thing because if you're talking on a conference call and you're looking in the eyes of the person, they don't really think they're looking at you. You have to look at the camera and not at them to make eye contact. So, and I mean, it's a whole different way of interacting with people that's, uh, that's coming. I'm, I'm a parent and I've always been instructed to tell my kids to minimize their screen time. And I'm like, all along the way, I've been like, I don't think my kids are suddenly going to like close their computers and walk away and go, I'm going to get a job now. And I used to say, well, I think they're going to bring their computers with them. I didn't realize that we were going to get our jobs through our computers, but that's where we're going. And there are organizations that are hiring 
either in the public facing and thank you to the people who are essential. And they are out there right now. I have so many loved ones who are out there on the front line, who are doctors, who are helping people, the people who are working to make sure that food distribution is still working, that cleanliness is still happening. Thank you. Just putting the gratitude out on that one. So there are jobs that are still available and it's really where do you want to fit in this new world that we're mindfully creating? And that's where I would start with someone because we get to start fresh. It's a whole new world. And it's, if you think of it that way, it's very exciting. Well, and Spirit's been showing me too so much that there is opportunity right now, just like you're saying. There is opportunity to look within and to say, what is it that I really love? What is it that I really want to spend the rest of my life doing? And here's an opportunity to maybe go in a different direction. And that's okay. Throw out all of the shoulds. Um, I should do this or I should be here. or I should have this by now. Throw all of that out the window and look at how little can make us so happy and so content. So true. I would say you're right on all counts, but I would edit one. because What's that? necessarily what you want to do for the rest of your life because that to me felt really big and that's a big obligation mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need to worry about the whole rest of my life I need yeah. to worry about what's my next step mm-hmm. and if I, if somebody there's some people who know what they want in their whole life if somebody wants to be an essential provider like a medical practitioner or a farmer come on back farmers you know suddenly that's a really glossy job because we need you um, not suddenly it's really, but it's like, what do you want to do next? Or what skill set do you want to learn that maybe you didn't before? And many of us are at home going, well, what should I do? I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I'm always coming up with stuff, but some people are like, what should I do? You have the 10,000 hours to be an expert on something right now. Right. What did you always want to do, but never did? It's available online. If you want to be a ballerina, you can suddenly be a ballerina. You can you know, go online. There's people who are offering cultural experiences, physical activity, intellectual pursuits, and they're just gifting it away because this is how we're connecting in the world. So it's kind of, you got to rethink how it might be. It's not going to be as it used to be. Just like when you lost a loved one, mm-hmm. it's not going to be like that. It's going to be something totally new that we, some of it, we can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. So what skill set would you like to have next? And I know like anyone who wants to, this is the time. There's online education everywhere. If you need a new skill, there's opportunity that was, it's unprecedented what's available right now. So I'm actually really excited for all of this. That's so great. Oh, I love that. Yes, that's perfect. I want to ask you to, let's go in, in another different direction. I am getting calls right now from clients who whose parents are passing away, either mm. There are a couple who are from COVID-19, but there are a lot of instances where I'm getting calls from clients whose parents are passing away in nursing homes from old age, and yet they're not able to go see those parents right now. And this is just such a hard thing. And to have funerals without Mm -hmm. other people surrounding us, 
how do you feel about all of this? I just want, let's just talk about it because I think it needs to be discussed. You're totally right. I mean, I've got chills on this. I've just lost a family member and we couldn't be together to hold one another. And that's really hard. And part of the, you know, religion is amazing at giving us structure and ceremony and tradition. And society, too, gives us a way to move through life with guidance and a sense of, like I was saying before, some structure so that we get some control in an out-of-control situation. It's like you've lost a loved one and you don't know what to do. Well, in reality, you know, we've got some traditions of what we do, and now that has changed just like everything else. So in the case of my family, we put together a, you know, an online virtual opportunity for all of us to be quote unquote together in a way that we can be right now. Life has always been uncertain. We know we are mortal. And one of the things that I learned in watching my husband like go through life and fast forward was when he was able to take a a walk, we walked. When we could only go to the end of the block, we went to the end of the block, the end of the driveway, or just outside to experience the light of the sun. And when he couldn't do any of those things, I brought him uh, Google goggles so that he could be in a virtual world. And when he couldn't do that, I brought him music. And when he couldn't do that, I put honey on his lips and I let, you know, I felt his heartbeat and let him feel mine. And his last words were, I love you. So to live fully with the capacity that we are in now is the message that I'm sending there. And whatever that capacity is, right now we still need closure when we lose someone we love. And we still need to connect with our loved ones and be honored, honoring that loved one saying, you made a difference in this world. So if all we can do is create a virtual experience of that, then that's what we should do. You know, kind of like a little offshoot of that, last weekend, we had an international family reunion, a virtual one. And we met in 2010, some of us, but I just met relatives from all over the world I had never met. So, And that wouldn't have happened if this situation had not happened. So actually, I'm meeting new six feet apart friends. And I'm meeting, you know, my next door neighbor is... is you know, as far away from my, as my international relatives who I'm just now meeting, it's unbelievable how life is changing and it's not all loss. But to your point, we do need to honor the people who have impacted our lives, especially those in a positive way. And that's what giving closure is. So we need to give closure to before coronavirus. We need to give closure when we lose someone we love. We need to create new inroads, even, you know, like with our cousins and relatives and and in my family's case, to know that we are there for one another in a new way because we don't have that person to rely on anymore. And this is, this is unfortunately, I mean, devastatingly, so many of us are going to lose people we know through this invisible enemy. And to maintain the compassion and the caring and the love and to offer closure and to know that 
we who are here together, we will rise. That's, that's the message that we support each other all the way through. Mm. And it's a beautiful message. You can feel the love through all of that. Thank you. Michelle, I am so excited for your books that are now out. Please tell people where they can find your books, where they can find you online. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm happy to gift my books to you because I wrote this book. It's the guide I did not have. And my friends were like, I'm like, oh, this could be like what to expect when you're expecting. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is the girlfriend's guide to what do I do now? Oh my God. So that's what this book is. My clients say, I feel like I'm at your kitchen table and you allow me to cry and make me laugh. The reviews are just so heartwarming. So how do you find me? Go to yourlifeworthliving.org. So Y-O-U-R-L-I-F-E-W-O-R-T-H-L-I-V-I-N-G.org. Your Life Worth Living. The book's just Life Worth Living. But my um, landing page is yourlifeworthliving.org. And you can get a free copy of my book there and connect with me there. I've got a Life Worth Living Facebook page and I've got Instagram. Um, It's all called Life Worth Living. I'm also known as the Widow Guide. People call me the Miss Maisel of widowhood because I can make you laugh in the most trying of times. I don't know how I do it. (laughs) I don't purposefully do it. It just happens. And that's what it is. It's to keep your sense of humor and realize why are we here is such a big question to ask, but how can we experience this life in a full and bountiful way through the senses that we have? Mm. Um, So come to yourlifeworthliving.org and join me in the fun, 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 fun. And to realize that we can create security and stability through challenging and uncertain times together. Mm, I love that. Thank you, Michelle, so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to meet you. Oh, of course, you too. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. 
Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere, they're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them, welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now.
Now, friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure white radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination your DNA strand. Now the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close and as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with the snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute.
Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God, please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security. Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. 
It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.